And I think the the key culture that we built is one around innovation, one around nimbleness, one around having no fear of failure, right? Accepting that failure is part of any pioneering work. Okay, I think that's important to kind of I mean give people space to be able to fail and to be able to learn and to be able to move on and uh, do that collaboratively, right? Mm-hmm. And now from San Francisco and the UCSF Rosenman Institute, the Health Technology Podcast with your host Christine Winotto. Translating complex medical technology into usable products often requires a simplification process. It involves asking yourself the question, can this device be used by your average provider or patient? While there's no shortage of life-changing technologies in healthcare, not all of them have undergone the simplification process. That said, Sandeep Akaraju is one of the few who have realized the power of simplicity. At Echo Imaging, he's developing a high-performance ultrasound platform that gives providers answer, not just images. And in this episode, Sandeep discusses how he's adapted his medical imaging device to fit the future of medicine. Here's our conversation. Well, welcome, Sandeep. Thanks for joining me today. Pleasure to be on the podcast and thank you for having me. Uh, Really, very inspirational work uh, that you're doing out there. Oh, thank you. You're so kind. Um, Well, you know, this is not your first rodeo, but I'd like to know about, uh, share with uh, our listeners uh, a bit, your background, your story um, on how you choose this path and how do you get here? what inspire you and who inspire you? I mean, that's a lofty question. <laughs> um, clearly, I mean, you know, it's been, uh, I think, uh, a long journey getting here, right? And and uh, Echo is my uh, fourth startup that I'm involved with. And I think uh, really, I mean, I, I really look at what we're doing here at Echo as a culmination of a lot of experiences. Um, you know, I grew up in India, um, you know, with uh, uh, my um, dad was an entrepreneur and, and, you know, an engineer and my, um, a lot of, a lot of my family was uh, doctors, okay, and really looking at rebuilding the country um, after the colonial period, right? I mean, and uh, so it was kind of been pretty apparent for me, uh, to me. Fairly early age in terms of uh, the power of technology from my from my father's side and and really uh, importance of um, uh, ad- adequate health uh, healthcare across the world right or the inadequacy of that um, you know after my first startup that I was involved with uh, got acquired I, I you know had a chance to spend a uh, a year to two years backpacking, and that took me to some of the, uh, you know, really very underprivileged parts of the world. Okay, I uh, spent a lot of time in West Africa, and in about twenty, 
15, 16 timeframe, uh, you know, there was a World Health Organization report that really talked about how 75% of the world lacks any access to medical imaging. Okay. So, and then to, to me and to a lot of the other folks that are involved with the company, I mean, that was really the clarion call to kind of, mean, you know, go and try and make, make, make an impact on that. Uh, my background, uh, you know, I have a background in engineering and physics and, and uh, it's always been, I, I guess I am one of those techno-optimists, right, And in, in terms of really using technology in, in, in changing the economic value paradigm in a major way uh, can happen. And, and uh, um, you know, the first startup that we did in the early days of the internet, I mean, we did a lot of the technologies for the backbone of the internet and and my last company prior to this uh was all of the motion sensing which is now kind of going into watches and phones and ar vr but really i mean what was amazing about that is we could take equipment that was large expensive cumbersome and using a combination of semiconductors nanotechnology a lot of software and clearly the new element here and at echo is is the ai is really take something that was big and complex and put it under a dollar on your wrist. So when we started Echo, we were like, hey, how do we kind of mean do that same thing in building um, medical imaging tools that are readily accessible, that can deliver extremely powerful image quality, yet fit into the pocket of the caregiver? And how do we build AI that makes it easy for every caregiver to both capture the images and to be able to interpret those medical images to get to answers, right? So as we started Echo, I mean, the um, it was really about that and the, the founding of the company to, to build, um, and, you know, build and imaging device that was really more than an imaging device that it was actually an answering machine that gave you answers to complex medical Mm -hmm. um, medical issues and give uh, caregivers a quick look inside every patient maybe you can describe a little bit what um what does echo imaging product is i know it's an ultrasound device that that's right. Go go ahead. I'll explain to everybody. So we are uh, we're actually. I mean, if you look at, I mean, we looked at a lot of different uh, imaging modalities, and it became quite clear to us. I mean, you know, ultrasound was the only modality that was non non radiating, non ionizing, and that was safe to use in every situation. But it was expensive, okay, uh, because it's based on still World War II technologies, not based on. Silicon Valley and silicon-based technologies. And it was cumbersome to use, right? I mean, it required a significant amount of training. If anybody's seen an ultrasound machine, there's kind of been a lot of knobs and dials and and a lot of expertise to operate that. So how do we kind of mean take all of that, make it into almost a point-and-shoot camera, okay, with an app that looks like your camera, right? I mean, functions like a camera, and AI that automatically picks up the best images to be able to kind of, I mean, you know, uh, so that you can now start getting closer to a diagnosis. Okay. 
So that's the path that we're on. We're launching uh, our hardware platform later this year. We've actually launched our workflow software and our analytics and uh, um, <clears throat> billing uh, revenue capture tools uh, last last year. And we've got several incredible AIs um, that have been already FDA cleared and more coming, uh, a strong pipeline of AIs that are going to make it easier and easier to use ultrasound so that, you know, so it doesn't take a sonographer to use it. Okay. That it, so if you, if you look at today, right, I mean, if you look at cardiac sonography as an example, we've got what, 330 million Americans, right? And yet you have 20,000 trained sonographers mm. who can actually use a tool, okay, to be able to get to an answer, right? So the industry as a whole, okay, I mean, when you look at the majors, uh, they've kind of been focused on shipping a big box that very few people can use, mm-hmm. right? How do we change that? In a, in a, not in a small way, but in a big way, not incrementalism, but reimagining all of that. So, so that, you're saying that who, are, who is going to be the user? Who is the user of Echo devices now? It's not the sonographer, it's like it's the primary care. So we're, we're starting off in the acute care space initially. And uh, over time, I mean, our goal absolutely is to be able to kind of I mean, get this to the mainstream user. We want, initially, we're targeting nurses and doctors directly in the at the point of care mm-hmm. okay in 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 acute care as a uh, starting point and and really as as people become more familiar with this and the ai becomes more powerful we see these tools making their way into the into the office and eventually into the home as well i mean we have we have pilots going on right now with uh, uh, major EMT companies, okay, where they're training EMTs, okay, with our with with uh, our tools to be able to uh, do some of these scans at home, okay. So if you have a, a you know acute case, or, you know twenty percent of acute care in the U- U.S. is moving towards the home, right, mm-hmm. and and that's a pretty major shift of uh, a, a sixty eighty billion dollar value pool towards the yeah. home. Right. So now how do we enable caregivers at home to get answers about a mm-hmm. patient's health? So that's you know, some of the things that we are actually kind of in trials right now. Are you thinking more like it becomes like a thermometer that we all have at home? Uh, eventually, I mean, I do see that path you know, over the arc of time. I mean, really, as, as I kind of look at it, I mean, our goal is, you know, we're we look at, at at Echo. We look at ourselves as toolmakers, right? I mean, and and absolutely, we want to be able to use the same tools that we mm-hmm. make for doctors and caregivers. I mean, you know, we see this as part of um, your your medicine cabinet over over a period of time, mm-hmm. right? And as the and the beauty of silicon based technologies is, you can continue to aggressively shrink these devices. Okay. So we're actually moving to a path where this is going to be a patch, okay? That is a wearable device. If you're a high-risk pregnancy or a high-risk 
post-operative patient, okay, that this becomes a wearable device that actually gives you a good look into the body, right? And mm-hmm. so, and that's that's a trajectory over time that we kind of mean look at this moving towards. Okay, so this is your, you know, not the first, you know, this is your fourth company that you you uh, founded, and I want to take you uh, more the the journey about. What are the lessons learned that you learned in the, the first time that is like, oh, I would never repeat the same mistake. But then sometimes it's still this, every company has to go through the same mistake sometimes, or maybe that's not true. You know, I think part of it is, you know, to, to me, I mean, you know, ultimately, I think the number one thing, okay, the number one thing that I've learned is, you know, we all think of building, people want to kind of mean build moonshots or whatever they call them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and usually they kind of mean look at products as the moonshots. But ultimately, I mean, the most important thing that you're building is the people and the culture, mm-hmm. right? It's the people and the culture that build the product. Okay. And so, you know, too many companies kind of mean focus heavily on product, which is, which may be the rocket to kind of mean get them where they want to go. Mm-hmm. But the culture and the people are your rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay attention to that, you ain't going nowhere. Right. I mean, so, I mean, that is the number one thing for me is ultimately, you know, to, make the kind of products that we do today it's it's no longer about individual achievement right it's about teams working on complex problems okay mm-hmm. i mean whether it's kind of I mean business model problems or whether it's kind of i mean you know technical engineering problems or ai or you know science problems right so ultimately i mean to me you start off by building strong teams and strong culture that can ultimately deliver amazing products. That to me was kind of, I mean, you know, is, 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 I think one of the key things that I've learned is, is the right team focused on the right market opportunity is mm-hmm. important. The one thing that's kind of, I mean, I think I've learned mm-hmm. is, is, you know, is building great teams and having great teams work on, really hard problems okay um and and believing that you can kind of mean get there okay i mean and face off a lot of a lot of issues and a lot of yeah. you know, problems this is that is kind of I mean how progress happens and and that's how i feel like you know when you when you start a venture you know you have to focus on these big problems Okay, if you want to do incrementalism, you could go join, you know, any of big companies where you kind of mean making the n plus one version of a product, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you know, so or making incremental things so to do able to do something. You know, startups to me have to focus on big things that can move uh, humanity forward in a big way. Mm. This podcast is sponsored by. Brown Rutnick's Global Life Sciences Group, a team of legal professionals that help life science companies, lenders, and investors around the world turn good science into good business. Learn more at brownrudnick.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Canon Quality Group. 
Can Quality Group has been helping medtech startups set up quality management systems for over 10 years. If you're unsure when to get started with quality management in your startup, turn to the experts at canonqualitygroup.com. So, you know, a lot of people mention about culture and a team. What is the culture that you're trying to have and why that works uh, for Echo? Do you think the culture that you build uh, for Echo is very similar to the the culture from the previous companies that you were in? You know, I think the, 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 I'll start with the second question first because it's easier to answer. I think part of it is maturity, right? I mean, I think, you know, the previous companies, you know, we didn't necessarily pay as much attention to culture as a key goal, right? Of what we we're trying to do. And I think, uh, and that's been the lesson for me is once you kind of mean consciously start focusing on that, you know, a lot of, and, and building teams around that. Okay. And, and, you know, because I think ultimately, uh, you know, the key, you know, for what we are trying to build out here is, is really a, a, a company that can continue to put out some amazing products. Okay. Year after year is what we want to kind of mean build at, at Echo. We're a very, yeah, product oriented company. And the culture that we've kind of been created is a very product-focused culture that's focused on, and to me, products are ultimately about serving um, communities, right? I mean, and building tools that serve communities, um, in, in this case, uh, healthcare communities at large, and, and building really valuable tools. And mm-hmm. I think the, the key culture that we built is one around innovation, one around nimbleness, one around having no fear of failure, right? Accepting that failure is part of any pioneering work. Okay. I think that's important to kind of mean give people space to be able to fail and to be able to learn and to be able to move on and uh, do that collaboratively, right? Mm-hmm. And to be able to um so, and that's do you, have, been, uh, do you yeah. have a framework or do you have a set of because uh, uh, example models that you have to do so that your team know that? Because everybody would say like, "Oh, you know, we want you to feel okay that, that failure is okay." But like, is there you like have an to model incentive, it, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, you have to model that, right? I mean, you have to model that, and kind of I mean you have to model. And have people kind of mean experiment and fail and change and you know and 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 pivot from that, right? So, and part of it is it requires. I mean, one of the things is you know as a culture, it's not hard to celebrate. It's it's mm-hmm. it's difficult to celebrate failure, right? I mean, yeah, it's difficult to kind of say, okay, we've we failed at something, okay, but um, how do you do that? How do you do that? You know, I think it, it, we're we're trying to get better at it. Let me kind of mean put it that I don't have an answer. Maybe in kind of in a few years, as we kind of mean build up more institutional knowledge around celebrating failure, we'll get back. But you know, but I think part of it is is openness, right? Mm-hmm. And to be able to have transparency around failure, 
and you know while still having accountability right i mean i think it's important in in pioneering work to kind of mean make sure that you have a plan a b c mm-hmm. at times so that you feel like okay i'm going to go try this but if not this is the backup and this is the backup and and sometimes it's difficult to plan that way right mm-hmm. i mean you know and and i think you know covid's kind of mean really accelerated that in in terms of when when you know the world went topsy-turvy, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. had to experiment in a lot of different ways and and getting teams to be able to try different things. And I think everybody's acceptance of trying new things and developing a hardware product, okay, is hard, yes, you know, and doing that during COVID with shutdowns and, you know, all of that was even, even more difficult. Um, but I think a key part of it is, you know, ability to build a culture of trust okay mm-hmm. where you kind of mean have people uh, have each other's back right and explicitly have each other's back okay and is is important because i think um and 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 yeah so those are just kind of mean a few of the areas that i mm-hmm. I'd, I'd suggest to the to your audience uh, to mm-hmm. keep in mind um mm-hmm. In, in terms of, I mean, getting building a culture that kind of, I mean, is not afraid of uh, failure. When your team is small, you know, everybody's kind of in it together. The culture is kind of similar because probably when you started, you bring in folks that you knew. But as the company grow, how do you make sure that culture is staying intact? And is there like a pragmatic framework or tool that you follow? Like you come down, like indoctrinate everybody who joined. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, listen, I mean, to a certain degree, part of it is, um, you know, we wear, you know, do you, we, you need to wear your culture on your sleeve a little bit too, right? I mean, and, and, and part of it is, I think, you know, the hiring process is one of the most uh, difficult things that any, any, any person can do, right? I mean, and, and I think, and even there, we know we're going to make mistakes and being open to kind of being making mistakes and admitting that <laughs> maybe not hired somebody who's not a great fit. But I think thinking through that hiring process, it's important to kind of mean look through and, and, and have people who share similar values. Um, and also kind of, I mean, you know, motivated by similar things. Uh, but at the same point, I mean, I, we tend to hire not just based on kind of, I mean, you know, uh, the IQ person, right? I mean, you know, it's also, uh, you know, there's the emotional quotient. But I think more important than that today to build these complex products, the relationship quotient is super important, okay, in terms of almost understanding the RQ of the person, I mean, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, is how do you bring people who can build bridges, okay, because increasingly the work that we do is very, very cross-functional between, you know, silicon engineering and chip design to clinicals to industrial design and AI. So it's it's, you know, and it takes a lot of, um, a lot of work to kind of make sure that you know there's no silos, right? mm-hmm. and that people are working towards the same goal in terms of delivering 
integrated an integrated product as opposed to a bunch of features that are loosely coupled, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that feels and and spend a lot of time in, in in working with the customer and working back from the customer to the technology rather than the other way around, right? And it takes a huge amount of effort to be able to do that. And that requires people who have a special talent of building bridges, okay, uh, within an organization, with customers, with institutions, with payers, right? So it's it's so we're we we'll look for people who are kind of in naturally um, you know bridge builders. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and um, and I think it's kind of, I mean, you know, it's and I, listen, I mean, I'm sure everybody's kind of been seen sometimes, I mean, hiring the wrong, you know, you'd also need to pay attention to the X factor, right? I mean, you've got a team and you've got to think about, hey, what can I kind of mean do to kind of mean bring somebody else in who's got an X factor, who can actually shake things up, mm-hmm. who can kind of I mean look to do things differently. Um so those are all kind of mean important aspects on kind of mean team building. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've learned within the framework of a company like that, right? I mean, yeah. what applies in Adeco may not apply everywhere else, right? right? I mean, you know, we've, we've chosen to be kind of, I mean, to run the company in a very open manner, okay? But, you know, and, and I give the team, you know, almost the same, you know, I mean, same visibility that I give the board, right? I mean, in terms of what's happening. And again, that formula may not work, Okay, in in other situations where you may have a more top-down driven driven organization, but it's a choice, right? Like everything mm-hmm. is a yeah. choice on how you run things and how you move things forward. You mentioned earlier about the because of the nature of the product, the people that you have to work together, that you 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 need you bring somebody who is who can be the bridge. What are the characteristics that you look at? When, because I think I assume that it's always good and, and everybody can be bridge because no matter where you are, um, I think the bridge person can always be helpful to have. Like, what are the things that characters that you see that's important that usually represent somebody who can be a bridge? I think part of it is, is transparency, right? I mean, you know, I think very often in organizations, um, you know, people who can be candid, but also know how to um, you know, approach that from kind of mean with the appropriate emotional quotient, right? Communication. So I think strong communication skills are absolutely, you know, important. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean that there is no place for kind of mean really strong individual performers right you need you need a combination of, of, of that as well but i mean you know i can tell you what kind of people we don't want is people who end up being passive aggressive about things right <laughs> they are not really fun to be with <laughs> yeah so but but again i mean i think the the key things that we will look for is just ability to communicate ability to kind of mean have empathy uh, ability to kind of, I mean, you know, really, um, you know, is this a person that can also kind of mean have grace under pressure, right? I mean, that's so important. There's going to be things that go wrong and will go wrong. But, right. you know, I think understanding, you know, I, I think grace is a, 
uh, term that you don't hear very often is kind of in hiring, right? I mean, you know, but I think it's important. I think sometimes it's hard to see the real characters until the stress happened, right? Exactly, exactly. But I think think even those things can be learning moments and how you approach it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes... It's kind of, I mean, hey, you know, it's it's not like, you know, people are um, want, you know, I, I think as humans, I mean, we, we you know, most most people want to kind of, I mean, you know, be part of a bigger thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. but again, I mean, you know, it's, it's important to pay attention to that very, almost intuitive, uh, you know, not intuitively, but kind of pay attention to that as you kind of, mean, you know, onboard people and see how they kind of mean mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, you guys uh, raised your last round in 2021, which is great. And so that's a big round. And so there's a lot of, you know, oftentimes when you raise a lot of money, means that means you have to do a lot to deliver what are the things that you are excited about it's coming on echo uh that you're looking forward to and what no, are the I challenges mean, that yeah, you know, no, you abs- know that's come in facing you too absolutely i mean i think you know one, one of the things that happened with us as you know as we raised that round right after that was just the global supply chain meltdown, especially in the high tech, right? I mean, we couldn't get chips and we couldn't get uh, uh, other things required to launch a product. Okay. So I think that's kind of, I mean, you know, if, and we've had to invest big in the supply chain side of things to shore up supply. Okay. At the same point, I mean, we've, we've made, uh, we've, we've actually made investments in, in, on the factory side of things. And we're actually reshoring Okay, uh, some of the advanced silicon assemblies back mm. to Silicon Valley, right? I mean, you know, I think I've been as guilty as the next person in offshoring silicon. Now we're, you know, I think, yeah. So that was a pretty big thing in securing the supply and making sure that we're on the right track. Um, at the same point, I mean, we've made kind of mean you know investments in in the AI side and accelerating our AI road. Uh, we actually ended up uh, acquiring a company, uh, an amazing company out of out of Canada last year. Okay, that's focused on making ultrasound really simple to to use. Okay, and we've been kind of I mean working really hard on kind of I mean in- integrating some uh, high performance hardware. Okay, with some incredible smarts that hopefully kind of I mean allow you know more people. To become uh, to be able to use these devices. I mean, the iPhones made everybody into a uh, photographer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and and we're we're hoping to make the world into sonographers. <laughs> you know, I I I think I'm looking forward to have one of those in my home. I think that'll be fun. <laughs> well, I would think you know FDA willing over an arc of time. I mean, that's where we're headed. I mean, we'd like to think that's where we're headed with these these kind of technologies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and I tell our folks. I mean, hey, we're building some advanced tools. Let's make sure we can use them. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I can use them with very little medical background, then you know, uh, I, you know, then a lot of other people can. 
Although I can't, I'm sure you think about this. If I'm using it at home, I'll be like looking at things. I was like, oh my God, this is this. And then, you know, you either you sure, panic, sure. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I think how, do you, how do you know that is something that you really have to worry about? It's just like, I always just... And, well, listen, I mean, I think there's plenty of these black mirror situations, right? I mean, that will will emerge and, and clearly, you know, and, and I think I, I don't want to kind of give your... You know, audience, the wrong impression. That's not where we're headed immediately, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're focused at the get-go in in acute care spaces, right. okay, in 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 places. But I think you know, we do have an eye towards that. I mean, mm-hmm. we, as we look at it, I mean, you know, the goal for the company is to move from kind of, I mean, you know, instruments into appliances, okay. I mean, you know, so the the goal from for us is. You know, how do we even kind of mean in terms of as we get into the home? Okay. How do we kind of mean have a product that gives you an answer as opposed to giving you an image? Right. So if you can get a consistent answer out of something, okay, then you're not kind of mean worrying about like, what does this image mean? And am I seeing something here or not seeing mm-hmm. something there? I mean, you know, the last thing, um, I think I, I, I really feel that powerful technology needs to be needs to disappear okay it needs to become commonplace i mean for it to become commonplace it needs to disappear to get into the civilizational layer right i mean and and to be able to do that we need to kind of mean remove uh, you know even continue to simplify it wherein you're kind of mean getting to an answer i mean for instance Maybe a device that's kind of mean, you know, if you have, I don't know, that can be used at home to be able to screen for something, right, on a, on a regular basis, okay? Um, as opposed to delivering an image and kind of mean putting the onus on somebody to say, gee, what does this mean? Yeah. Does that I'm looking sense? for home mammogram. I think that would be great. Next. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I think that's kind of mean, you know, the kind of things that we big big challenges that we need to kind of mean work on at echo right i mean and and you know so in terms of uh being able to screen at the comfort of your own home mm-hmm. and 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 get an answer i mean if things are suspicious or not right i mean not necessarily kind of I mean you know uh show you a bunch of images and then you kind of mean left uh, consulting Dr. Google or Dr. <laughs> or worse, Dr. Chat GPT to kind of I mean figure out what that yeah. means. Right? Yeah. I mean, we don't want to do that. That's just yeah. part adding to a problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. In terms of, um, you know, and, and once we're ready to kind of say, Hey, here's an AI that makes it simple to be able to scan, scan your breast and kind of I mean get an answer. Right. And, and or get something that's actionable, um, you know, and, and, Clearly, we don't, and and I think that comfort is super important as we kind of move forward. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what are the next uh, major milestones that you you kind of set yourself, not as a company, as a person? What are the things that you are challenging yourself to to achieve? Um, that. You know, honestly, Christine, I mean, I think, you know, right now I'm at a point where we're kind of, I mean, on a day-by-day basis. I mean, you know, and 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 part of it is is really kind of, I mean, you know, my big thing, like 
most people is, you know, having making sure that you kind of mean have a life that's well lived, right? I mean, and and to be able to do that, I mean, you know, as I look at it, it's simply kind of saying, hey, am I doing the right set of actions for today? Okay, that 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 I get, I you know, that I'm satisfied with, right? And so. I, I, that's my approach to life, right? And mm-hmm. and my feeling is like you know, grand plans are yeah, clearly. I mean, you know, dreams and grand plans, you know, are are important. And 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 right now, I mean, you know, where my mind is is kind of I mean, making sure we can deliver deliver a, a kick ass product, right? I mean, that's that's where my focus is. That's great. Well, thank you. Thanks for for your time. Thanks for sharing your insight, and thanks for your sharing your story. Oh, thank you so much, Christine, for having me up yet, and uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was kind of mean, um, really, really challenging set of questions that uh, made me stop and think and answer. Oh, thank you! Thanks for being a good sport. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Health Technology Podcast. We want to thank our executive producer, Herminio Neto, and our podcast engineer, Andrew Rojek. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. The Health Technology Podcast is available on all major platforms.